Chapter Five of A Little Bush Maid by Mary Grant Bruce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Bologna Times. Chapter Five Angler's Bend. Jim's bump on the head luckily proved not very serious. A handkerchief soaked in the creek by Wally, who rode there and back at a wild gallop, proved an effective bandage applied energetically by Harry, who had studied first aid in an ambulance class. Ten minutes of this treatment, however, proved as much as Jim's patience would stand, and at the end of that time he firmly removed the handkerchief and professed himself cured. "'Nothing to make a fuss about, anyhow.' he declared, in answer to sympathetic inquiries. Head's a bit off, but nothing to grumble at. It'll be all right, if we ride along steadily for a while. I don't think I'll do any more racing just now, though, thank you. Who won that race? queried Harry, laughing. The spirits of the little party, from being suddenly at zero, had gone up with a bound. Blessed if I know, said Jim. I only know I was leading until Mick ended matters for me. I led after that, anyhow, said Wally. Couldn't pull my beauty up. He was so excited by mixed somersault. I'd have won in the long run, Nora said. There were still traces of tears in her eyes, but her face was merry enough. She was riding very close to Jim. Yes, I think you would, Jim answered. You and Bob's were coming up like a hurricane last time I looked round. Never mind, we'll call it anybody's race and have it over again sometime. They rode along for a few miles, keeping close to the river, which wound in and out, fringed with a thick belt of scrub, amongst which rose tall red-gum trees. Flights of cockatoos screamed over their heads, and magpies gurgled in the thick shades by the water. Occasionally came the clear whistle of a lyre-bird, or the peal of a laughing jackass. Jim knew all the bird notes, as well as the signs of bush game, and pointed them out as they rode. Once a big wallaby showed for an instant, and there was a general outcry and a plunge in pursuit, but the wallaby was too quick for them, and found a safe hiding place in the thickest of the scrub, where the ponies could not follow. "'We cross the creek up here,' Jim said, and make cross-country a bit. It saves several miles.' "'How do you cross?' "'Bridge?' queried Wally. "'Bridge! Don't grow such things in this part of the world,' laughed Jim. "'No, there's a place where it's easy enough to ford, a little way up. There are plenty of places fordable, if you only know them, on this creek. But a number of them are dangerous because of deep holes and boggy places. Father lost a good horse in one of those bogs, and to look at the place you'd only have thought it a nice level bit of grassy ground.' "'My word!' Wally whistled. "'What a bit of hard luck!' "'Yes, it was, rather,' Jim said. "'It made us careful about crossing. "'I can tell you. "'Even the men look out since Harry Wilson got bogged another time, "'trying to get over after a bullock. "'Of course, he wouldn't wait to go round, "'and he had an awful job to get his horse out of the mud. "'It's something like a quicksand. "'After that, Father had two or three good crossings made, very plain and clear, and whenever a new man is put on, they're explained to him. See, there's one now. They came suddenly on a gap in the scrub, leading directly to the creek, which was, indeed, more of a river than a creek, and in winter ran in a broad, rapid stream. Even in summer it ran always, 
though the full current dwindled to a trickling, sluggish streamlet, with here and there a deep, quiet pool, where the fish lay hidden through the long, hot days. All the brushwood and trees had been cleared away, leaving a broad pathway to the creek. At the edge of the gap a big board, nailed to a tall tree, bore the word FORD in large letters. Farther on, between the trees, a glimpse of shining water caught the eye. "'That's the way Father's had all the fords marked,' Nora said. "'He says it's no good running risks for the sake of a little trouble.' "'Dad's always preaching that,' Jim observed. "'He says people are too fond of putting up with makeshifts "'that cost ever so much more time and trouble "'than it does to do a thing thoroughly at the start. "'So he always makes us do a thing just as well as we know how, "'and there's no end of rows if he finds anyone half doing a job. Begin well and finish better, he says. My word, it gives you a lesson to see how he fixes a thing himself. Dear old dad, Nora said softly, half to herself. I think your father's just splendid, Harry said enthusiastically. He does give you a good time, too. Yes, I know he does, Jim said. I reckon he's the best man that ever lived. All the same, he doesn't mean to give me a good time always. When I leave school, I've got to work and make my own living, with just a start from him. He says he's not going to bring any boy up to be a loafer. Jim's eyes grew soft. I mean to show him I can work, too, he said. They were at the water's edge, and the ponies gratefully put their heads down for a drink of the cool stream that clattered and danced over its stony bed. After they had finished, Jim led the way through the water, which was only deep enough to wash the ponies' knees. When they had climbed the opposite bank, a wide grassy plain stretched before them. "'We cut across here,' Nora explained, "'and pick up the creek over there. That saves a good deal.' "'Does Billy know this cut?' Harry queried. "'What doesn't Billy know?' Nora laughed. "'Come along.' They cantered slowly over the grass, remembering that Jim was scarcely fit yet for violent exercise, though he stoutly averred that his accident had left no traces whatever. The sun was getting high, and it was hot, away from the cool shade near the creek. Twice a hare bounded off in the grass, and once Harry jumped off hurriedly and killed a big brown snake that was lazily sunning itself upon a broad log. "'I do hate those beasts!' he said, remounting. Nora had held his pony for him. "'So do I,' she nodded. "'Only one gets used to them. Father found one on his pillow the other night.' "'By George!' Harry said. "'Did he kill it?' "'Yes, rather. They are pretty thick here, especially a bit earlier than this. One got into the kitchen through the window by the big vine that grows outside, and when Miss Brown pulled down the blind, it came too. It was on the roller. That was last Christmas, and Mrs. Brown says she's shaking still. Snakes are rummy things, Harry observed. Ever hear that you can charm them with music? I've heard it, Nora said quaintly. Her tone implied that it was a piece of evidence she did not accept on hearsay. Well, I believe it's true. Last summer a whole lot of us were out on the veranda, and there was plenty of laughing and talking going on. A snake wouldn't crawl into a rowdy group like that for the fun of it. Now would he? It was Christmas Day, and my little brother Phil—he's six. 
had found a piccolo in his stocking, and he was sitting on the end of the veranda, playing away at this thing. We thought it was a bit of a row, but Phil was quite happy. Presently my sister Vera looked at him and screamed out, "'Why, there's a snake!' So there was, and it was just beside Phil. It had crawled up between the veranda boards, and was lying quietly near the little chap, looking at him stealthily. He was blowing away, quite unconcerned. We didn't know what to do for a moment, for the beastly thing was so near Phil that we didn't like to hit it, for fear we missed and it bit him. However, Phil solved the difficulty by getting up and walking off, still playing the piccolo. The snake never stirred when he did, and you may be sure it didn't get much chance to stir after. Three sticks came down on it at the same time. "'I say!' Nora breathed quickly. "'What an escape for poor Phil!' "'Wasn't it? He didn't seem to care a bit when we showed him the snake and told him it had been so near him. He hadn't known a thing about it. "'Can't be bothered with snakes!' was all he said." "'When I was a little kitty,' Nora said, "'they found me playing with a snake one day.' "'Playing with it?' Harry echoed. "'Yes, I was only about two, and I don't remember anything about it. "'Dad came on to the back veranda and saw me sitting by a patch of dust, "'stroking something. "'He couldn't make out what it was at first, "'and then he came 